around, only to gasp in terror as you realize it came from the Midwest. Hello, and thank you for adjusting your car's radio to the It Came from the Midwest, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. And Aaron. So go ahead and park. Turn that volume up because we are watching The Wicker Man 2006. Aaron, how is your week going so far? I mean, it's Monday again. (laughs) It is Monday again. Again. But honestly, it hasn't been too bad. So I'm looking forward to this week. I hope this weekend is even better. Mm -hmm. I am hoping just for a simple weekend. I agree. Even though I know full well, that ain't going to happen. We still got wedding stuff to do. Like, I'm not complaining about it. It's just like this last weekend I had to help out at a tournament all day Saturday, which was fun. Like, watching the kids play was great and all. But, man, when you're running a scoreboard from, like, 8 o'clock in the morning till about 4 o'clock, what was it, like that? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. That is draining. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, like, yeah, it, it's the weird thing of, like, you have to watch the kids, but you can't watch the kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, you like, have, focusing on the yeah, ball. Yeah, you're focusing on the ball on. more than the kids. Yeah, but, yeah. man, it gets a little rough. So that ate up the entire weekend. Plus, I uh, had to wear, like, a little monitor on my chest for my oh, heart yeah, this weekend, yeah, yeah. too. And that sucked. Not that it was, like, painful or anything. It's just you have to wear it while you're sleeping. And you can't shower. Yeah, you can't shower, and then you can't, like... You're, like, stuck in a place, and I know throughout the night I, like, toss and turn a little bit, and Mm -hmm. I can't do that because I'm conscious of this thing that's on my chest. Like, I'm okay. They're just checking some things. I mean, it was a long weekend for that, but we got weddings coming up. We have our wedding coming up. We got building stuff, painting stuff, school things. It's All I can say is that weekend in November, like, the first weekend after the wedding is over, mm, mm, it's going to be so sweet. (laughs) You know what's funny about that? That it's your weekend. Birthday? Well, no, I mean it is. It's my birthday's the fourth. It's on Thursday, but I get my tattoo on the sixth. So you don't have to come to that, but I'm definitely wow. gonna go out of town and get that. Man, I postponed it since July. I am ready. On the subject of being ready, let's talk about what we are ready for in coming attractions. Coming soon to a drive-in near you. Welcome to Coming Attractions, where we talk about something that we are looking forward to in the horror genre here shortly. Aaron, what are you looking forward to? I'm excited for Lamb. And I know you're excited for Lamb, too. I am pumped for Lamb. A24 is just... I've raved about them in our earlier podcast, and I'm going to do it again for new listeners. A24 is just great at giving me nothing and everything all at the same time. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what this movie's about, but I definitely want to see it. And that's what I love about A24. You know what I can't wait for? What? Comes out this Saturday or... Is it Halloween Kills? No. I mean, I'm super excited for that too, (laughs) but that's next month. We have on Shudder the Elvira 40th anniversary. I am super excited about that. Elvira in particular, even as a young kid, before I was like big in like horror movies or anything, I loved Elvira. I loved Elvira before I was a teenage boy and was like, oh, that's why I like Elvira too. <laughs> but, but I don't know if anybody, please, for the love of God, if you know what I'm talking about, shout 
out at us on Twitter or Instagram or something. If anybody has heard of the Ketchup Vampires, oh my god, we watched the fuck out of that when I was a kid. Like we had like like it's my goal one day to go to a con where she's at and just slam down that fucking VHS tape of Ketchup Vampires and be like, sign it, please, for the love of God, <laughs> sign this. But we were obsessed with that movie for whatever reason when we were younger. But looking forward to that, like. I don't know. It's one of those things like I just can't wait to be like, let's just go home. Let's just turn on the Elvira oh marathon. God. Just yes. sit back, maybe get some pizza or something. Ooh, Ooh that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had pizza in a long time. Just some pizza and like just watching Elvira and just not focusing on anything. That sounds <laughs> great. But that's our coming attractions, things we are looking forward to. This week, our theme was Rotten Tomatoes, bottom 30%. And oh boy, it was a challenge trying to find something to watch. We looked through the list of things and we decided that we're just not in the right mindset to watch something that's either A, super boring, or B, so bad it just like kind of makes me it's angry. It's bad. <laughs> so bad it's bad. That's yeah, what we just so bad, so for. bad. Yeah. It just wasn't something healthy for us at the moment. So I'm like, let's just try to find something that's so bad it's good. And I was digging around through like movies that I have that would fit that caliber. Some movies that I thought would fit that caliber have a much higher rating than I expected. As they which should. Good for them. Yeah, as they should. I'm not going to like say anything against them. I'm just like, wow, I wouldn't have thought that Night Beast would have like a higher score. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Night Beast. But we came to the one and the only Wicker Man 2006. Okay, let's preface this. Not only have we seen Pig this year, but we saw Samurai of the Ghostland. Is that or what it's called? Prisoners of the Ghostland. Prisoners of the Ghostland. And I just had to make this a very well-rounded Nick Cage-like, you know, experience. Let's just say all of those movies, <laughs> all those movies are very interesting Pig deserves an Oscar. I can't tell you the plot of the Prisoners of Ghostland, but I can definitely um, tell you a little bit about Wicker Man, and it's that Nick Cage is is the light in this movie for me. <laughs> I have two Nick Cage questions for you. Okay. What is your favorite Nick Cage performance? And I'm talking about like actual performance, like, man, he does a great job in this movie. Okay, um... Can I say two? One of them's kind of kooky, but one of them's also, like, serious. Yeah, sure. Pig's serious. Like, he's great in he's Pig. He's awesome in Pig. He is. But I honestly loved him in Willy's Wonderland, and I don't know if anyone else could have done it. Maybe David Harbour, but I really like Nick Cage, so. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know who you'd put in there, for sure. I guess, for my favorite Nick Cage performance, it's a... Man, I do love him. He's awesome in Pig. If he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar for Pig, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> but it, there's two performances that stick out for me. One, I think, is going to be the one that everybody kind of says, which is Mandy. Because he's fucking great in Mandy. Mm -hmm. Or the one that I always kind of fall back on. I'm a huge Nick Cage defender. Like, anytime someone's like, he's a horrible actor, I'm like, no, shut your mouth. He makes choices. He's the awesome he makes choices, big, bold choices. He does. <laughs> I love the movie Adaptation. Nick Cage is awesome in that. Follow-up question. <laughs> What's your favorite Nick Cage performance that is just pure Nick Cage? Oh, man, that's hard because they're all so different. Oh, man, I really like Willy's Wonderland. He doesn't talk, but, man, he definitely shows up. He shows up for that part. But I also enjoyed him in this Prisoners of the Ghostland. I just... That just feels like, you know, the Nick Cage I'm used to seeing, making bold choices, 
making movies for money. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. He needs the money. <laughs> Have you ever seen his spending habits? Oh, yeah. No, he says that every time he needs money, he just makes a movie. I mean, that's what he does. I would love to see like a movie based off of this. He, at one point, owned a copy of Action Comics number one, the first appearance of Superman. And they got stolen, didn't Yeah, it? someone yeah. broke into his house and robbed oh, it. Oh, man. That begs for a movie. Oh, it yeah. begs for it. And yeah. put Nick Cage in it, too. I, I yeah. Yeah. Oh, what is my favorite like cage cage performance? It's either you know I'm really tempted to say the Wicker Man because there's a lot of fucking dude great cageisms in this. Okay, yeah, but we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, man, it's tough. Prisoners of the Ghost Land that ranks pretty high up there in terms <laughs> oh my of God. like weird cage. I want to see that Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. That's a good other one. You know, I'm either gonna go with Face Off that scene where he's like. Oh, like screaming is awesome. It's either that or, you know what? It's a very small performance, but in the movie or the dual movie Grindhouse, halfway through the movie, they split with the fake commercials and there's Rob Zombie's Werewolf Women of the SS. He plays Fu Manchu in the fucking trailer for that movie. And him just going like, time to die. <laughs> is awesome it's the best part of that trailer oh man but i'm gonna go with that but like i adore nick cage i am somebody who is like oh there's a movie coming out and nick cage is in it so don't need to, don't even tell me what it is i need the nick cage movie in my life so i love nick cage coming full circle we've seen three nick cage movies this year i'm pretty sure pig willie's wonderland, pig, Willy's wonderland and Creatures then of the ghost, the ghost land, land. All very different. And so I felt it, it just needed to happen that we needed to watch another Nick Cage movie that just happened to be under 30%. I wonder why. Oh, buddy. <laughs> the Wicker Man is a beast of its own. We'll get into like a lot of stuff later on in the podcast, especially like our first impressions or our like relationship with this movie beforehand. Mm. Mm. But mm. <laughs> that being said, I would... You know what? If I had to watch this movie like three times in a day, absolutely. Really? Totally would hmm. do it. I could watch this movie over and over again. Hmm. I had a great time. Now, you know what? Yeah, and Nick Cage is the main character of this yeah. movie and that helps. And let's just get it out of the way too. Give me your Nick Cage impression. My Nick Cage impression? Yeah, yeah. From this movie just or just any, in just general? Just in general. Nick Cage. Oh, What's man. What's your Nick Cage? <laughs> what is it? It's like the, you ripped my shirt! You ripped my shirt! Oh, I'm screaming. <laughs> No, he's he's got that kind of like, you know, like kind of wine. Like, I don't know if I want to say it's a wine. It's just the like, I'm looking for my daughter, Rowan. Where is she? Oh, my God. Where is she? Where's Rowan? That's so right. Rowan, where are you? Oh, here she is. Did you? Oh, what's going on over here? It's just the weird. He's got kind of a John Wayne-iness almost about him a little bit. That like, well, howdy, partner. <laughs> It's kind of that way. I don't know what Nick Cage's accent. Or I can like see where you're voice. coming from because he does that whole thing where he's like, "Sorry, I'm allergic Sorry, to I, bees." <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking for that. Uh, I got sick off that rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Name the movie. <laughs> it's the weatherman. There's your answer. Oh, thanks. I didn't know that one. But let's just dive into this thing, <laughs> and let's look at the Wicker Man, 2006. And now, on with the show. Afternoon. 
sorry about that. It's okay. I'll get it. The Wicker Man, 2006, written and directed by Neil LaBoot. Erin, let's hear that plot synopsis for The Wicker Man. Okay, well, just so you know, there's a lot of exposition. So, <laughs> Nick Cage is a cop, and one day he witnesses a car crash, and there's a girl in the back, and she decides to not get out of the car and the car explodes, I guess. And so he gets PTSD from this. I'm assuming they don't really explicitly say it, but he takes pills for it. And then he gets a letter from his estranged fiance, I guess you could say. Like she, ra- she, she ran off. Fianc- yeah. Was she even a fiance? I guess. I yeah. They were engaged. That. Was that what it was? Yeah. So they ran off. He brings it to his cop friend. He's like, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe she should ask the dad of the kid that's missing. And he's like, I don't know. I just, I can't do it. I have to go help her. I have to go help her. I know. Her. So, so she he goes to this remote island where there's no cell service and he'll be isolated from like everyone else by bribing the um, airplane driver, pilot, sorry, airplane driver, the pilot. And when he gets there, all the women are asshats. They're just bitchy, okay? Like he just shows up and he's like, hey, I'm looking for a missing girl. And they're like, <laughs> A missing girl? That's funny. We don't even, we've never seen her before. And I'm like, what is this? Why is this funny to you? <laughs> yeah, I know. And then he goes to the cabin or like where they have rooms for him to stay. And he makes it apparent that he doesn't like bees because he's allergic to bees. And then he has these EpiPens that just look outrageously large. And I think they say something like, be gone. I wish I could have. Be gone. I know. I wish I could have like frozen on that frame because I was like, I know it says bee on it or something like that. Anyway, um, he finds Willow, which is his fiance, 
who says she's missing. I think they're doing something bad to her. I, I want to preface the fact that if it does say be gone, I'm hoping it's just like a weird like piece of duct tape that says be gone and like Sharpie <laughs> it, on it. It doesn't. Like, it looked like they oh, took it to marketing. No, I need it. I need this no. here for my be gone. <laughs> but so he talks to Willow and she says, you know, she's worried like. They think I'm the weird one because she tried to run away and I came back and now they just look at me weird. And then he goes to the school and the teacher's like, no, we don't know a Rowan. And then we show it to all the girls, the picture, and the little girls are like, nope, doesn't look familiar. And then uh, he sees Rowan's name in the book with a strike through it. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, they know. And she's like, well, if she existed, we would know. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, so he's basically just running around the island <laughs> asking everybody, where's Rowan? Yeah, she yeah. here? Is Rowan in there? How about here? Is she over it, here? Okay, yeah, that's most of the movie. She in this water pit? And then, um, I don't want to spoil the end, but Nicolas Cage is Makes in a- friends with the bees. Is in a bear suit. <laughs> and, you know, he finds- his daughter. It's his daughter. He finds out it's his daughter, and that means a lot to him. So now he's really angry. And, you know, I guess I don't want to spoil the ending because it's really exciting, but... You, you know what lesson I learned from this movie and, like, Midsummer is if you're ever involved with a group of people where you're like, this might be a cult, the second a bear is introduced, oh my God. you need to get the fuck yeah. out of there. <laughs> Nobody, don't wear the bear suit. It's get away from the bear suit. Bad omen. Yeah, so this movie is pretty much just Nick Cage running around an island, like, bursting in doorways going, Rowan? Rowan, are you here? And just a whole bunch of, like, really poor exposition dumps with him. Just like, <laughs> tell me more about this cult. What's going on over here? How come you didn't tell me about Rowan and her ability to draw? I feel like they had a lot of ideas on where to take things, and they're just like, no, nah, I don't think we should explore that. Yeah, the thing that I'm confused by is... This is a remake of the movie The Wicker Man. There's also a book. I guess I didn't even know The Wicker Man was a book called Ritual. Mm -mm. I don't know anything about the book. I don't know if like they took stuff from this or they took stuff from the book for this or I don't know. But it's just how kind of different each of these movies are. And we'll get into a little bit because I don't want to spoil too much with the original Wicker Man. Right. Because Aaron hasn't seen it. Yeah. I think after watching this movie, she can kind of assume what's going to happen in that right. movie. But that movie is, like, light years better. That Oof. movie gets unnerving and spooky. I'm ready. I'm ready someday. But that was a bit of a plot synopsis for The Wicker Man 2006. So let's look back at our history with this movie with some tasty refreshers. Hungry? Thirsty? The snack bar is open. Visit your theater stand to satisfy your cravings. Stop in for one of our signature tasty refreshers to satisfy your thirst. A simple sip will take you on a memory trip, so drink up a tasty refresher. Welcome back to Tasty Refreshers, where we are talking about our history with The Wicker Man 2006. Aaron, what's your history with this movie? So I'm kind of curious if I would have enjoyed this movie more as far as like, quote, the twist. I actually knew this one beforehand. Like I knew. Because of the memes. It's probably it. I don't know if I'd heard about it or what, but I knew beforehand what was going on. And so this movie seemed slow. <laughs> I had never seen this movie, but I'd wanted to watch this movie. And then we watched it and I was like, is this movie almost over but at the same time we hadn't really had any action yet so i was like when does it start 
Yeah, I saw this movie opening weekend. And everyone loved it. No. <laughs> Here's the deal. I don't remember it, how many people were in the theater opening weekend. Like, I don't think we saw it like opening night. I just know we saw it over the weekend. I think there was maybe, it was just me and my mom, and there maybe was a couple other people in the theater, and that was it. And you watch the movie. I watch it with different eyes now, but you watch the movie going like, oh, this movie's not that great. And then you get to the point where he like gets <laughs> stuck in the grate in the well. And from then on out, the movie like dials up to like a 15 where you're like, what the fuck? Like, I just remember everything in the past that point that's supposed to be shocking or jarring. Like the people that were in the theater laughing hysterically. And then like the ending happens, like somebody screaming like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> it was done. And not what the fuck, bro, in the good way. Just what the fuck, bro, in the same way of like, what the fuck did we just watch? I, I mean, honestly, after that, I could have taken a whole movie of that. Like, I mean, I know it wouldn't have been like serious cult movie, but it would have been a Nick Cage movie. And you know what? Honestly, reminds me of like Samurais from the Ghostland, like or Prisoners, Prisoners of the, the Ghostland. Ghost yeah. Like after that movie, I was like, you know what? This feels good. I love that movie. <laughs> I love Nick Cage movies. Here's the other thing I also love. Like, as much as I love horror movies, if you can find a bad horror movie that's so bad it's good, oh man, that's my cat. <laughs> like, one of my favorite theater going experiences with my younger brother was going to see Wish Upon, the movie with like the, mat, like, the little box yeah, that yeah. you make a wish and comes true. That was awesome i think it was just me and him in the theater and we were like crying in the theater we were <laughs> laughing so hard i wish i wish the movie did, had done well so we had like 15 wish upon movies <laughs> i wish that would have happened oh man wish upon good stuff but if you look at like my dvd collection and stuff i got a lot of like movies that we consider so bad they're good or yeah. just like the yeah. extreme like drive-in like trashy movies <laughs> i love that shit but Wicker Man kind of fits in that category a little bit. It's something where I remember seeing it in theaters going like, that was a stupid movie. And over the years, I've been like, ooh, this movie is gold. I love, like, if the Alamo Draft House or something shows the oh, Wicker Man yeah, in I theaters. Would watch it. Oh my God. If they did like a rowdy screening or something of the Wicker Man <laughs> where people are shouting things at the screen or throwing things. Oh my fucking God. Please let that happen at some point please i would go but that's our background with the wicker man for some tasty refreshers now let's break down the cast and characters with some character combos a trip to the snack bar wouldn't be complete without a bit of everything let our loyal cast and characters introduce themselves and save you a buck on a character combo welcome back to character combos we have nick cage as edward malice we have Lily Sobinski as Sister Honey. We have Ellen Burstyn as Sister Summer Isle. Somebody that we got back on the podcast because our very first episode's over, The Exorcist. And she was Chris McNeil in that movie, so we yes. welcome her back, I guess. Yeah. And we have Kate Bien as Sister Willow. Here's a fun fact I found out. When they were casting this movie, they wanted Winona Ryder to play Sister Willow. And she went, fuck no, this <laughs> script is horrible. Absolutely not. Ooh, she knew. <laughs> so I guess escaped from this movie? I, I don't know. Like I didn't even realize Ellen Burstyn until we were like looking up the cast list for this movie for like the episode. I was like, oh holy shit, I didn't even like realize that. I don't know why it, I missed it. 
because she's second build in the movie and she's not in the movie very oh, much, but she's uh-huh. Ellen Burnson, so what are you gonna yeah. do? But oh my god, I mean, Nick, <laughs> Nick Cage. I, How did Nick Cage do in this movie? Get that man a bike. We've seen, bike. we've seen a lot of movies where Nick Cage is stealing bikes. I'm just gonna take my bike across this island here. And all I'm saying is he's stealing bikes that like obviously don't fit him. And like, and yeah. I'm not saying like because he's a guy or anything. I'm saying he's a grown ass man stealing a girl's bike, and it's step away from the bike. Yes, yeah, step away from the bike. You know, I hope there's like a missing scene from this movie where it's just him running back and forth across this. I don't know how big the island is. I just want a sequence of him like. Forrest Gump style running across the island to each opposite side going Willow! And then stopping and turn around going to the other side. I mean, Willow, are you here? Technically, he did run across the island. He ran back down towards the uh, airplane or whatever. Yeah, he goes back to like where he came from, but I'm talking about, I just want him like running across like almost Forrest Gump style or Moonrise Kingdom or something. Just him running around going, Willow! Or Rowan! You here? Rowan! Well, you got Nick Gage, then you got Lily Sabinski, his sister, honey. I don't know if she left an impact on you. That's the uh, younger girl who's like, take, will you take me with you? Okay, you that's what I was wondering. What was that subplot that was never developed? There are so <laughs> many subplots. Answer me this. What is the fucking point of the opening sequence of like the car? I don't know up? why they keep replaying that. Yeah, because they keep going back. Because I don't know they if it's never really, be... yeah, they never really say what it is. I don't know if it's like symbolism of like, oh, it's another child lost and he won't lose another child. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. You could have just started this movie with like him sitting at home and someone going like, hey, there's a mystery and this girl missing. You know, you'll help her out. I also need to know what the old way is. The old way? Yeah. Yeah, he gets stung by bees and they tell him that they cure him with the old way. Yeah, they're like, we don't want to use your epinephrine. That's that's medicine. We use the old way. And then she gives him this, like, smile that makes me think it's, like, sexual, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. Ooh, and that's interesting, too, regarding some themes. We'll get to that here in a second. What about Ellen Burstyn as Sister Summer Isle? Which I honestly, you know what? I think she's the only one that gives like a legit oh, kind of performance sure. in this movie. Yeah, she's definitely like the mother of, of them all. I mean, she's really good in this movie. And I have a hard time reading going into our next character. Kate Behan is, uh, or Behan, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, is Sister Willow. I, I, I don't know if she feels yeah. bad about what's going on or if she is yeah. confused. It's weird to me. She looks sad at the end, but she also gives her daughter the fire. So <laughs> spoiler alert: fire coming up later. Well, I mean, I figured everyone knew just fire I'm sure because everybody knows because of Wicker, is. like the memes. you know, the like... memes, people. You know the memes. <laughs> There's oh my god! There is so you know one of my favorite parts of this movie is it's. I'm sure I could probably fit this anywhere. I'm going to put it in here right now. It's the sequence where he's on the dock waiting for the pilot to come back. And he sees the little girl underneath the dock. And he's like, I'm coming for you, Rowan. Like, there's, like, she's just been under there holding her breath. He goes after her. He wakes up on the dock. And he's like, oh, what a horrible nightmare. <laughs> then he looks down. And he's like, oh, hey, Rowan, what's up? And he's holding the corpse of the girl. And then he wakes up. And he's like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> I love that that happens after Willow's like, uh, she just, she loves to swim. She's she's such a great swimmer. And I'm like, then why did she drown? Why did she drown? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of symbolism are you trying to tell me? I don't know how inept of a police. It's just the shit like him holding the photo up and going, have you seen this girl and the women not looking at it? And being like, you know, it would help if you actually looked at the photo. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like them not looking. Maybe it's them not looking at it means she doesn't exist. 
but the way they are about it, they're just like, oh, ha, 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 look at that little photo. That's, we know, we know where she is, but you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, oh my god, it's such a fucking weird movie. You get the blind, like, I almost said hags, I don't know if you want to call them that. The blind um, women that yeah, walk around. Yeah, Then, like, Lily Sabinsky's given a weird performance that you have. Like the woman inside of like the, the tavern or whatever. Or the tavern. Yeah, the, the one who's breakfast. a bitch. Yeah, I mean they all are kind of. I know, particular. but like she's so rude. Customer service. Like the teachers that way too. I love when. <laughs> I like when he's yelling when Nick Cage is yelling at the the little girls in the class like, "Huh, all you little girls, you're a bunch of liars." She <laughs> was your classmate. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh my god, they're children. And like nothing, like nothing that anybody says is believable. Like even with <laughs> Sister Willow doing the like, oh, I, I, I don't know. You're like, you fucking know. You fucking know. She never finished a sentence in this movie. She's like, I'm sorry. No, she's I, always like stuttering. I know. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you. I'm like, you didn't tell me. Who are you? <laughs> and the part where he's like, come here, come here. This is what a loving couple does. Let me put my arm around you. And they have the awkward little like make out session too in the middle of the, the oh, road. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Let's just continue on with this. Let's go into some killer slices. Hot, fresh, and deadly delicious. Our snack bar supplies the best slices and dice of pizza with a secret sauce that allows a special effect. A mouth-watering pizza with a killer slice. Welcome back to Killer Slices, where we are talking about some special effects for this movie. You know what? It's going to get spoiled here because most of your special effects happen towards the end of the movie. Yeah, there's not much until... There's not good special effects in this movie. The bees in this movie, I don't know how many times they have real bees in here. they CGI. But they CGI (laughs) fuck, bro. Dude, they put a close-up on him when he has the little bee helmet on. And it looks like, I mean, a mask. Like, literally a mask that you could just kind of pull up and it's just bees. (laughs) And not even detailed bees. I'm talking like they made a simulation of a bee and they just copied mm-hmm. and pasted it. And I guess there is like one little prop or makeup effect. It's where he finds the pilot's body on the beach. Oh, which, yeah. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, too. We watched the quote unquote unrated version of the movie. When the movie premiered in theaters, it was PG-13. They just added a couple more scenes they cut out into the unrated version that have like cursing and swearing, some gore effects. I don't they see had the that point. guy without the shirt on with all the moles and stuff. That was in the original. <laughs> I, I know, but I I'm saying, that. like, makeup and effects or, he's or just whatever. Like, oh, look at that guy. He's covered in bee sting. I guess that he gets hobbled. I don't know if, if anybody's seen the unrated version, if you're just familiar with, like, the memes or anything. He gets, like, misery yeah, he gets, on his legs. Yeah, like, hobbled where they, like, break his legs. That, even that's not, like... I can't believe they took that out and they took... Didn't you say they took the bees out? You know, I read something that the bees are in the theatrical version, which I call bullshit on, because I specifically remember well, laughing the in the theater at the, ah, not the bees! What? Ah, they're in my eyes! But if you take that and you take the bees out, what is left? I don't know. I mean, like, what what is the action? I'm trying to think of any other, like, special effects in this movie that could even compare, because there's a lot of, like, costumes. I get, you know... The weird little, like, folksy, like, costumes that they're wearing, like, okay. the masks, those are cool. I was thinking I about like that, that, too. I was like, you know, if this were to get nominated for anything, I feel like it would like be, like, makeup and costume. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about makeup. Or, well, costuming. Costume, yeah, there's yeah. some cool, like, costume effects in this movie. It's it's interesting to me to, like, watch this, and you know, with, like, Midsummer being big right now, kind of comparison <sighs> with that. Going, like, man, Midsummer is... 
miles ahead th- of this I movie. I think that's what really sucks is that the cult horror movie genre is probably my favorite horror movie genre. And this movie just does not hit that itch that I really enjoy. Because you know movies. what another thing is? The original movie, it kind of details over like pagan beliefs and like sexuality and like be like nudity. This and doesn't be, like, feel like freak. anything. This There's feels like, like a that. farm. They Yeah, they worship bees, I guess bees like i like bees bees but i don't know it's such a weird kind of concept here like i understand the idea behind oh it's a like maternal society so the bee thing makes sense to me because like bees are maternal species but even then like it doesn't sound like they're like doing the sacrifice to the bees or anything no i don't know it's a weird kind of like subplot with the bees where i'm like what's the fucking point of the bees in this movie besides the there's a lot of stuff. I almost like, does this dude have a problem with like women's rights or something? Like, why is that the subplot? Because like, that's not in the original Wicker Man where it's like a maternal society. It's just like a cult of people. Well, so you, so you get Christopher Lee, who's sorely missed in this movie. Well, if you want to compare, so like say Wicker Man and Midsommar. Midsommar did a really good job of making you feel uncomfortable. Like, you literally felt uncomfortable all oh, the way this to the movie end. Makes me feel uncomfortable. Okay, well, not for the not for the right reasons that Midsummer makes you uncomfortable. This movie makes you uncomfortable because you're like, why are they saying it like that? Why are they doing that? What's the purpose of this? Everybody talks weird in this movie. The only person that, that gives like a solid, like believable character, as I said before, was Ellen Burstyn. Nicholas Cage. I sometimes he does, but then you get the regular Nick Cage stuff of like. The woman coming up on the bike and him needing the bike and doing the step away from the bike. You know what, though? Okay, there's another thing that I, I feel like I need explained. And it's when he went up to the girl on the bike the first time. He's like, do I know you? And I'm like, Why I knew you? it. Yeah, I'm like, there's the same woman. But they never really did anything with that either. I don't understand. No, I, I think that's just them alluding to the fact that they're all supposed to be like sisters or whatever. That's one thing that the theatrical version, we talked about it after we watched the movie, and I remember this from the theatrical version, which I think might be hard to find anyway, is it's supposed to be a bar, and it's Lily Sabinsky's character in a bar trying to woo another man, and they play spooky music. I don't know, there's a lot of weirdness about this movie in terms of like its subplots, but I, I mean, I can't think of any other like special effects in this movie that stand out. I mean, you get the little corpse of the girl in the lake. Yeah. There's the fire of the car that looks real bad. But I guess that's some killer slices. Let's go on to some freshly popped scares. Calm your nerves with our famous popcorn. Served oh so buttery and oh so salty. A combination so delectable it's scary. That's why it's known as our freshly popped scares. Welcome back to Freshly Popped Scares. Aaron, what did you think was scary about this movie? You know what I think was scary about this movie? How scary good it was. <laughs> you know what was really scary? <laughs> it was Nicolas Cage being like, Who burned this tall? How did this ball- dog get... Like, it's- <laughs> How did it burn? How did yeah, it burn? How did yeah, it burn? No, it scared me. Because he went from like the tone of like a, you know, volume one to like volume 11. I told you, that's the part of the movie where like <laughs> shit hits the fan where it gets, it turns just into pure insanity. It just, it scared me. The other thing that kind of scared me, more like scared me in the way of haha, was that part on the dock where he woke up and he was like, huh! And then, god damn it! And I'm like, does this dream happen that often well, that let me you ask woke you this up movie and you're too. like, god damn it? Do you think this movie was supposed to be like 
supposed to be scary. Like, they're like, oh man, people are gonna get scared by this. I hope not. Because uh, Nick Cage says, and tell me what this sounds like to you. Nick Cage says, no, the movie was intentionally shot as a black comedy. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like the movie wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be. So it's a dark comedy. Which sounds like what? I don't How know. About, oh, yes. Hello, everyone. Oh, yes. It's a comedy. It's not drama. It's comedy. I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, hi, Lisa. Oh. That was my terrible Tommy Wiseau. I was going to say, um, you know, now I, now I, I hear it. I'm too busy doing the Nick Cage impression <laughs> here that's superseding the Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we watched that. Because initially that was a serious movie, but then he found out everyone was laughing and then he was really sad. Oh, but then like he was comedy. like, oh, yeah, it's a comedy. Mm. It, it feels very much like that. I also found out. How do you think that Robin Hardy, who wrote and directed the original Wicker Man, what he thought of this movie? He thought this movie was a joke. He hates this movie. Of course he does. <laughs> which, not surprised. Which is also where I found out that 80% of the dialogue in this movie is like word for word the same as the original movie. Why? I, I want I would love to Especially see these side by they... side and just hear the difference in tonality. Oh, sure. I mean, I'd love to watch the original Wicker Man. Like, Christopher Lee's great in that movie. And, yeah, there's a lot of different things in this movie. We'll get into it later on on how it compares. But I also found out that this movie was dedicated to Johnny Ramone of the Ramones. Ooh. Ooh. Rough. What a, what a fantastic movie to dedicate to... You know. To Johnny Ramone. Yeah. What a great movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's our freshly popped scares. Were there any? I don't think so. I mean, I, I it was, was scared kind for of... that crow that was shoved into that movie. <laughs> I know. I do love Nicolas Cage running with that little girl and being like, Rowan, slow down. Rowan, slow, slow down. down. Slow Johnny down. was wearing a bear suit. <laughs> Calm down. I'm just like, I just, after watching... Prisoners of the Ghostland, I cannot picture Nicolas Cage being slower than a small child. That's just how I see it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's how I see it. He can do anything. Well, that was our freshly popped scares. We're going to move into some intermission where we're going to talk about bees. Bees? Bees! Attention all thrill seekers and horror show addicts. We interrupt your program for an Intermission. Welcome back to Intermission, where we are talking about some bees. Bees. Because I was fascinated. I tried to see if there was some weird connection to bees with this movie to go like, besides the obvious of like, it's a maternal society. They're worshiping the bees because bees have like, oh, it's a queen and all the workers are female. I get that. That makes sense to me. But like everything else with the bees just doesn't make since like why are there bees in this movie right and i did find out like throughout history there are a lot of cultures that have different relationships with bees in terms of like they thought bees were like a bridge to our world and the underworld oh. or the egyptians thought that that bees were the tears of Ra. that's cool uh there's cool stuff like that but i mean there's nothing associated with like well people are sacrificing stuff to bees i guess i don't know it's just weird to me i but bees in general i think bees are super interesting i think bees are cool kind of like in the same way that i think crocodile i mean i think all animals are cool anyway but that's besides the point like did you know that the equivalent of the times that a bee flies around to like collect the materials to make a kilogram of honey the bee has essentially flown around the world three times 
That sounds exhausting. Yeah. Bees mate in the sky. That sounds dangerous. And then the second that they get done mating, uh, the male has his reproductive organs ripped out and dies. What a way to die. That sounds fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want more bees in your yard, I thought this was neat. Bees apparently love the color blue. So if you plant a lot of blue flowers or clusters of like lavender or other like kind of hues of blue or purple plants or something like that, that'll attract more bees to your yard. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. A lot of honey, depending on what kind of flowers they're pollinating, that's what kind of honey you get. If you're looking for healthy, healthy honey, the darker the honey, the better, Mm. which I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Mm -mm. I thought that was neat. This I thought was super interesting. Bees are the only social insect that are partially domesticated by humans. Interesting. Because I think they're considering, I guess, I don't know how often people use silkworms anymore. I'm sure they probably uh still do. I don't know if you would call those domesticated or not, but they're not social animals. Right. Bees are, absolutely. But they're the only one that's partially domesticated. Because, you know, you find them in the wild. Mm -hmm. But some of them, like the ones that are on bee farms, if you're going to call them that, I think they really do depend upon the beekeepers and that. Yeah. I also found out, this might be a no-brainer anybody, like, honey is super healthy for you yeah. in small doses. Like, if you are just to eat honey, then yeah, you're going to get sick. But right. there's a lot of antioxidants in honey. It improves cholesterol. It lowers heart disease. Mm. And then the big thing that a lot of people probably already know is that honey cures burns and rashes. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's neat. But I can't find anything why this movie picked bees besides the, the like because they're so cool i mean they are cool but they're treating them like ooh spooky same sort of way of like candy man with all the bees the bees and candy man make more way yeah. more sense to mm-hmm. me than that than this in this movie they make them seem like the bees are a little more malicious like the bees and candy man they don't come off as malicious to me they no. come off as like maybe candy man is malicious but the bees are just like hanging around him yeah that sometimes do his bidding or they just start like the bees are like a harbinger of bad things to come i don't know there's i mean you had like the sequence with nick cage being like oh oh no bees the only way to escape them is to run into some more bees. i know i was wondering why he just didn't run the other, run the other way. i don't know he literally ran through a whole fucking field like a huge field like i would have oh, understood bees. it five steps and he was out but no he was like i'm gonna run through this place without an EpiPen. well that was our intermission where we talked a little bit about bees so I guess we're going to go into the bottom of the box where we're really going to break this movie down and talk about some odd things about it. But this is Bottom of the Box. Don't forget to end your trip to the snack bar with your choice of a sugary, soury, or chocolatey candy treat. You want to end your trip to the drive-in right by treating yourself to some candy and ending at the bottom of the box. Welcome back to bottom of the box where we're talking about our closing thoughts for the wicker man 2006 oh my god can i tell them how it ends go ahead tell them how it ends nicholas cage burns and then the credits roll (laughs) absolutely that's basically it oh would you like to know my favorite fun fact for this movie yes i was looking up just some fun facts for this movie and this was listed as a fun fact My favorite fun fact for this movie is, did you know Nick Cage punches three women? That's one of my favorite parts. (laughs) Did you know Nick Cage punches three women in this film? Yeah, that's a great part of this film. (laughs) It's like the revenge for them being a bitch, okay? I'm not saying to hit women. But for it to be a fun fact? No, I know. 
But here's the thing. I'm not saying violence towards women, of course. But here's the thing. They deserve it. Nick Cage is also very proud of this movie. He should be. I'm not going to say he shouldn't be, but like, you know. He should be. He should be proud of his part. And it's the original Wicker Man explores a lot of themes of sexuality. Like all of that jazz. And this movie does none of that, really. So again, it's another like, what's the point of this uh, movie? Yes, this cult was definitely missing sex. Yeah, if you've ever I seen guess. Midsummer, you would know that. But it's all of the stuff that comes out of this movie that's super famous. It's the last like 25 <laughs> minutes of the movie. All the memes. Yeah, the second he comes out of that fucking well, that for one, I don't know how he slept in that water like that. There's no way he would have fucking drowned. I refuse to believe that he was <laughs> able, oh, just let me hook my arm here. And then I'm just going to take a little nappy nap and I'll be okay. That's right. But he comes out of there. You get the, how to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. I don't know. And then it just turns into insanity because they're preparing for the festival. He thinks that his daughter slash girl that's missing is going to be sacrificed. And it's him running around. You get the sequence of him going to the tavern and him fucking punching out that woman. Yes. And stealing her bear suit. And then the girl who was going to like. And he fights like, Lily yeah. by kicking her into the wall multiple times. And then she does this weird thing where she kind of closes her eyes, but then she opens it for a slightly longer, like, you know, knockout scene. Uh, and then she, yeah. You know what my favorite scene in this entire movie is? And there's a lot of things in there. It's the sequence that I've seen in a lot of like taken out of context videos. And it's where Rowan is strapped to that pole and they're walking towards her and Nick Cage goes to rescue her. So it's him like kind of carefully jaunting up in the bear suit. And I can't remember the woman's name, but they're like, Sister Margaret, what's up? And he just fucking decks that one <laughs> and stinks Rowan. And then just him running through the wilderness holding her like, oh, daddy's tired from wearing a bear suit, honey. Quit running away from it. But yeah, yeah. Come to the realization they took his bullets and he's the sacrifice. That's right. It doesn't need to be a young woman like they have in the past. No, maybe, it's going to be I a guess. young Nick Cage. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they strap him down. This is the unrated version. They hobble him. And then it's him laying on the ground crying like, I don't believe in your gods. I don't believe in them. And I'm like, do you think that matters to them? No. And then they put the cage over and they pour the bees in, which you get, ah, the bees, ah, they're in my eyes. Ah. And they could have killed him. Because he's allergic, but they're but like... But then they use the EpiPen to, like, knock him back away. Yeah, they're like, we can't let you die. We have to have you alive. Which I'm sure is, like, for their harvest, sacrifice, or whatever. And the other weird thing is they take him, and they, they're gonna go put him in the Wicker Man. And this is a spoiler alert, I guess, for the original Wicker Man. But if you saw this movie, you know how the original one is. This one, when they unveil him out of the blanket, and he sees the Wicker Man, and he's like, oh my god! And he realizes what's gonna happen... <laughs> You're fucking laughing at it. The original movie, <laughs> when that dude sees the Wicker Man and they're taking him up there, you're like, oh, shit. They're gonna fucking burn this, dude. Well, this time, it's just Nicolas Cage, like, screaming and bawling as they burn him in a Wicker He's Man. He's like, Rowan, Rowan, don't do it. Rowan, Rowan it's don't Daddy. Burn, don't burn Daddy. Daddy loves you. And I'm like, Rowan doesn't even know who you are. Like, Rowan hasn't even talked this whole movie. She was probably quote, paid not to talk? Because isn't there like a, you get five lines and then they have to pay you after that or something like that? Yeah, but I she's think also she's a got child, some, yeah, so. she's some, I think she had some lines. There's, oh yeah, because I think she was like, did I do good, mommy? Yeah, because did I do good, mommy? <laughs> and they're like, you did very good. Thank you for bringing your daddy here so we could sacrifice him. And again, you make mention to it and same. She looks at him and she's like, 
have I made a mistake? But then she, like, gives her daughter the fire to burn him. So I don't get, like, I don't, mm, I don't know. Why didn't she just run away and stay home? Oh, also, the cop that gave Nick Cage the letter in the beginning of the movie is obviously a part of this cult, yeah, too, because she was, was the somehow woman in on the, the car island. part of the cult, too? Okay, I thought I the, thought maybe so. I thought the girl in the me. car was Rowan, like, oh, this whole time. Girl? I don't know. There's a lot of fucking shit in this that fucking part of the movie bothers me a lot. What is the fucking point of the car accident in the beginning of the movie and the car burning up? It doesn't make sense to me. And they keep having like a nightmare sequence of it. Like, oh, it's a big deal. Remember this? Remember this? This ruined his life. I'm like, but did it? I don't understand what this has to do with the movie. Like, it would have made almost more sense if like they would have crashed their car into like a beehive or killed by bees. And that's why he's like, I gotta keep away from the bees. I'm like, <laughs> alright, I guess that makes more sense than like him being afraid of the burning car, because that serves no purpose for this movie. I mean, I guess the ending of the movie has him burning in the Wicker Man. I don't know if that's what the comparison's supposed to be, but if it is, it's a poor comparison. Well, even then, isn't it just... Oh, I remember now. He's burning, and obviously he's screaming. Makes sense. And I think they're just saying, kill the drone yeah, over and over again. Drone. And then kill after that, that I mean, it's literally, it collapses, which I think it would have collapsed under its own weight. And then the movie ends. And then, and then the movie ends and Nicolas Cage dies. And Are you saying we missed out on a scene where the Wicker Man collapses and a burning Nick Cage just crawls out of the fire going, Yeah! Ah, yeah! Ah. No, I'm, I'm serious when I say, like... I, I'm going to bet that there was a conversation of that matter with Nick Cage. Like, oh. I think it would be really cool if I crawled out of that fire screaming on fire. And you could just actually light me on fire. Yeah. Cool. I, I, would, I think it would be awesome if he just came out running and screaming and then being like, <gasps> and then he just collapses his hair fucking run. singeing. Oh, it's right. He'd be crawling, crawling out. out of there quickly. It'd still be cool. <laughs> What's your favorite part of this movie? What's the most asinine thing that happened here where you're like, what is this movie? Oh, man, you're asking me to choose what's asinine about this movie? All of it. I know, but what's your favorite one? But you're, the one you point to is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I guess. Because I, I, I have a hard time picking, too. I'm almost, yeah, there's the big memes of the, like, how to get burned, how to get burned, or the other ah, bees. Like, the one I'm almost tempted to say is the part where he runs into the house with the little girls wearing all the masks. He's like, take off your mask, take oh, it yeah. off. And he just starts, like, taking off their masks. Oh, my God, you reminded me of that. He goes into another house and they're taking off all their masks and he opens that closet door and that girl just falls out. Like, like ha ha. He's like, oh, and they're all oh, laughing. Oh, 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 I had a good laugh at that. Yeah. So you're around looking for Roland. <laughs> no, actually, I think my favorite one is where he's in that classroom and he's like, you're all oh, a bunch of liars. You're a bunch of liars. And I'm like, Nick, they're like 12. You need to stop. Or when he goes into the fucking Sister Summer Isles house and he opens the door and that woman's covered in bees. He's just like. Oh, sorry, I came oh, the wrong Oh, yeah, room. yeah, that girl who's naked and she's just sitting there and the bees are, like, on her breasts. And I'm like, okay, is, the, is this the sexual part of the movie? Is that the sexy part of this movie? I had a good time. Like, I was riff-tracking it up. Like, the part where he's in the woods and the beekeepers are behind him. Oh, Nazgul. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, why don't they have faces? Oh, man. Like... This movie's I, fun. It's fun. I think they're probably... I would be shocked if there's not, like, a riff tracks for this movie. If oh. there is, I need it. Yeah. I need, like, a rowdy screening or, like, a movie party thing at Alamo Draft House where, like, you throw bees at the screen or something while screaming, Not my eyes! Ah, oh, the bees! <laughs> it needs to happen. Oh, man. Which, if it hasn't happened... 
let's get that train rolling. They need to show this at midnight, like a Rocky Horror Picture Show thing of people quoting the movie. Yes. The screen. Yes. But that is The Wicker Man 2006. How much do you think this movie cost? I honestly hope not that much. Well, it takes place mostly outside, right? I mean, there are like houses and stuff, but I don't know. I'm going to say 2006. Yes. 50 million. That's, wait, that's a lot. 20 million? This movie was $40 million, which I have to assume a is big chunk of it. Well, I think at this point, this is about the time that Nick Cage was kind of hot. Because, oh, like, Nick, like, National so Treasure his... and stuff. I'm guessing he got paid pretty well for this movie, and that's where, like, some of the budget had to As he to. should. He carried this movie on his shoulders. Oh, man. But otherwise, how the fuck did this movie cost $40 million <laughs> is beyond me. Guess how much money this movie made. Twenty-five million. Thirty-eight million. Hey, okay. So it's almost, still a bomb. Yeah, but almost broke even. In order for it to be like, oh, but that a doesn't success, include like marketing and stuff, does it? I don't know. I for the budget, it's hard to like gauge that. In order for this to be considered a success, I would say it would probably have to make at least sixty-five million dollars for it to be like a quote-unquote success, which is again how this movie cost $40 million is beyond me. I'm wondering if it was not like a producer type thing. Like we're going to make it a movie that actors. we'll see. And then I'll, we'll get like write it off as a tax break or something. That would be the thing to check. It's like, how much was Nicholas Cage paid to be in this movie? Cause it was like $10 million just to get Nick Cage in this movie. <laughs> there you go. There's where your money is right. going for this movie. Especially cause like, there's not any like super special effects no, or like, or no, but like, like main cast Nick Cage is like, the most recognizable. I mean, yeah, right. you get Ellen Burstyn, but like an average moviegoer is not going to recognize. Right. Well, we. I mean, we didn't initially. No, like at this point, two thousand six, you're going to see this movie because of Nick Cage. Like, right. Oh, his Nick Cage is in this movie. I right. must see this, which is how I live my life. Nick Cage is in this. I must see it's it. It's true. I'm a simple man. You show me Nick Cage, I go and I watch <laughs> it. So, how are we rating this movie? I mean, I feel the obvious is bees. Is bees, right? Bees. But what if we said bikes with baskets <laughs> bikes with baskets he does ride a lot of bikes in this movie he does oh give me the bike i love that scene too where you like the woman at gunpoint step away from the bike man he loves that bike though. or the bear punch i love that or too the bear. there's a lot of things i love in this movie there's a reason why this movie is like meme to shit <laughs> But what are we doing? Bikes with baskets, I yes. guess? Yes. How many bikes with baskets do you give this movie? Okay, I'm not going to lie. When we first started talking at the beginning of the podcast, I was going to give this probably two bikes with baskets. However, because we've talked about it more and I've realized that Nicolas Cage is the best part of this movie and that I would watch this movie again just to laugh, I'm going to give it three and a half out of five bikes with baskets. Ew. <laughs> I'm giving this movie a one. No, it's better it, than that. <laughs> no, it, it's not better than that. I mean, it's that. not better than no, that, but like, it, it's so bad. It's terrible. It deserves a one, but my God, I'm going to recommend the shit out of this movie. Watch it. Watch this movie. It doesn't make me, like, a movie that makes me fucking livid, that's going to get a zero. This is not a good movie. It gets a one, but... The reason it's getting a one is it's still fucking great to watch and you get some crazy ass Nick Cage. But that was this week's episode. Next week's episode, the theme is, according to a random number generator, 
Zombies! Zombies! Heading into the Halloween season here shortly, starting it off with some zombies. Yes. As a reminder, if you do not follow us on our social media, our Facebook, our Instagram, or our Twitter, make sure you log on to there. We have contests every once in a while. We have like our clues we post for the episodes, we and may that's a also, chance to get a shout out. We may also have a 31 Nights of Halloween coming up. Ooh, we got something special we're kind of planning. Might be up already. Right, y'all. You this, you might want to keep paying attention. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> But that was this week's episode of It Came from the Midwest, a horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. And Aaron. And we'd like you to to have have a safe safe drive drive home. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of It Came from the Midwest, a horror movie podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handle at ICFTM Podcast. It Came from the Midwest is written, edited, and produced by Andrew Halsey and Aaron Smith.